Well, hello, America. You're right. This is The Daily Answer, your host, Mark Dunnigan. And let's talk about relationships. Let's talk about marriage. One of the questions that people have is, how do I know or how do I find the one? How do I find that one special person out there to marry? And I like what someone said. That's the wrong question. The right question is that, are you the one? Are you the package? Are you the real deal? It might sound very simplistic, but if you're a prince, you'll find the princess. You will attract a person like that. Now, that's not to say that you should have some definite, what, standards. You're certainly looking for someone honest and truthful, and you're looking for someone godly and responsible. Okay, but you're going to, you're going to, there's a number of people that all fit in that category. Are you the one? Are you all those things? If you're young, if you're listening to this and you're young, you're not married yet, you might even be a teenager. Don't worry. Everyone starts. That's where everyone starts. Everyone starts. You're in the same boat with everybody else at that age. And in a number of years with God and following his wisdom and hanging around good people, you can put yourself together pretty good and you can actually be the one. I like the idea. Do you want to find someone you can trust? Someone that will help you raise children, grow old together with, that will be there and take care of you when you need care. Well, don't do anything with anyone that you would be embarrassed to talk about beforehand, that topic. Oh, there are so many people that get involved in fornication and there's no discussion. They just, it just kind of happens and often happens with alcohol. But if you're embarrassed to talk about something like an intimate relationship with somebody else, If you're embarrassed to talk about it, you're not even ready for it. You're not mature enough for it. And that's one reason why God put physical intimacy in the marriage relationship. Because unless you're ready for marriage for that level of commitment, you are are not mature enough to have a healthy sexual relationship. Love makes everything better, including intimacy, genuine love, commitment type love, love where you love your wife like Christ loved the church type of love, love that comes with honor and respect. Rather than in the world, we see a lot of what I would call just cold lust. And I know a lot of times people think of lust as something warm or hot, but it's not. Maybe for a moment, but it's cold. You know, you might pick up your Bible and read your Bible sometime. There's a really sad episode in the book of 2 Samuel. I believe it's about chapter 13, where we have one of the sons of David becomes infatuated with his half-sister. And he, for, he tricks and forces himself upon her. And prior to that, he could not even eat. He, he was just so beside himself because he was so taken by her beauty. But afterwards, he can't stand her. He, he throws her out of the room. He wants to have nothing to do with her. 
That's why I call it cold lust. You know, you are intimate with someone and then you don't want to see them again. You don't want to call them again. You don't want to talk to them again because I think they remind you of your selfishness and your cowardice and that you just treated them as an object. Marriage. Marriage forces you to reveal yourself to another person rather than keeping things shallow. Marriage forces you to do that, and particularly monogamy forces you to do that, where you're committed to one person for your life. You can't keep things shallow and make a marriage work. You can't stay married to someone for 40 years and just keep it all superficial. And to me, that's the downside of living together relationships. In order for a living together relationship to survive, things have to be kept shallow. People are afraid to go in and pull things, you know, to address things that need to be addressed because they're afraid that that might end the relationship. And ending a living together relationship is not easy. I mean, you just can't say, well, let's just be friends and, you know, no, because often you're sharing a house, an apartment, you're sharing expenses and bills and yeah. And a number of times, neither one of you can afford to live on your own. So there's a lot of it. There's a lot at stake. That's one reason why I think people keep those relationships typically shallow and they do not prepare you for marriage. And people know that. You know, it's hard to grow up or mature without marrying. Now, it can be done. The Apostle Paul talked about, yeah, it's okay to be single or having children. It's possible, but you need to have a plan. It can be done. Someone said you're not mature until someone else matters more than you do. That would be one definition of maturity. When there is someone else that you would die for. That's when you've crossed the line into the adult world. You have someone in your life that you're willing to die for. And it's not you. Be careful. Be careful about thinking that your single years or the years in high school or your years in college are the best years of your life. Adulthood is far better than those years. In the book of 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 6, there's a really interesting passage. And again, the Bible is incredibly practical. For the women and men out there, particularly the women, be very careful about portraying yourself as weak and helpless or as a victim. Because chameleons, men that are chameleons and narcissistic, men can smell that. Okay, and, the, and what I mean by that is men, those type of men pick up at that and say, here's someone I can kind of push around. Here's someone I can manipulate. Here's someone that I can um, be incredibly selfish. All right. So 2 Timothy 3, 6 says, for among them are those who enter into households and captivate weak women weighed down with sins all right there you go 
you don't want to present yourself as weak. Weak people invite the dangerous people to show up in their life. When you, and, and the, the same thing is, that's why it's important to have in a congregation, strong men. Strong men keep the creeps and the posers and the fakes at bay. I've been in congregations and I know this, that strong men, vocal men in Bible classes, you know, et cetera. Um, if a, a, a chameleon type of individual shows up, if a fake shows up, if an imposter shows up, they're going to realize pretty quickly, okay, I can't play my game here. I'm, I'm not going to be able to do that here because these people are going to pick up on that. These people can spot fakes. And that's why you need strong men and strong women in a congregation. Which brings me to the next point. The attractiveness and the value of the ability for a woman to say no. And even for a man to say no. A man needs to know what the line is. A man needs not to push the moral boundaries. Uh, weak men depend on, a man should not depend on a woman to say, well, no, let's not go that far because that's not right. And I, I really like what someone said, what really gives a woman value in a, in a man's eyes is her ability to say no to him that she's not overly impressed by him and he might have money. He might have a great career or job and et cetera. And she still says no. Okay. That motivates that man. If he's worth anything, if he has any sense of decency to say, maybe I should investigate this further. This might be a very interesting person because this is a person of principle and integrity. And those people are rare. Do not, I mean, and if you're thinking like, well, that's the way it used to be, but no, no. The ability to say no still gives a woman a lot of value, even in our culture. That is still true. Don't think that that's kind of backward and don't think that's that's the dark ages and that's the way it used to be in the 50s no and that the culture and time have changed women who know who they are and know who god is and women that's and women that just don't kind of bow to the pressure of selfish men men that have their head on straight realize that those women are incredibly valuable in fact the ability to say no is even far more valuable than that woman's ability to earn an income. I mean, a woman that may have an amazing career, okay, an amazing earning potential. But if she can't say no, she, she's not that valuable in the eyes of men or of the right men. What really increases your value is your virtue. That's what really increases your value. And that, that's still true in our culture. Okay. Well, let's take a look at this a little bit. I know there's a lot of young women and young men, but I'm going to talk to young men here a little bit more that have, you have this idea of the type of woman you're looking for. And 
there may be some elements that that image is accurate, especially if you're saying, I'm looking for a Christian, I'm looking for a believer, I'm looking for a woman of integrity. Okay, good, 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 good. Keep that on the list. But sometimes a number of things that you may have on the list, you need to realize that those should be flexible and not get in the way of missing a valuable person. Again, be careful that you don't have the wrong standard like Samson did in Judges chapter 14. Dad, get that woman for, to, for me because she looks good to me. But you know what? I run into some guys that go like, well, she, she needs to be this tall or she can't be that short or she can't be that tall or this needs to be the color of hair or that you've already made up in your mind the physical things you're looking for. And that can be a huge mistake because you need to be open. That is, okay, remember the book of Proverbs says, a beautiful woman that lacks discretion is like a, a pig with a ring of gold in its snout. And beauty and charm are deceitful and they're fleeting, Proverbs 31. So the person you really need to be looking for is who would bring out the best in you, not who would ignore your selfishness. And if you're smart enough and honest enough, you'll see that. Last thing I need is just marrying somebody who agrees with me all the time. I need to marry somebody who challenges me in all the right ways. Or as someone said, that word help meet in Genesis 2.18 could be also like beneficial adversary. I'm looking for someone who is going to put up resistance if I start moving in the wrong direction. And we'll have the courage to do that. I want someone as smart as me and as gifted and talented as me, at least as me, if not more than me. I want someone who can hold their own and make a good case and make an argument or a counter argument. Also, don't run. Avoid developing the ongoing habit of quitting, particularly when people, and I've seen people do that well, they go to this congregation, that congregation starts telling them the truth. Well, I'm not going to stay there. And they post things on Facebook and certain people push back and start telling them the truth. Well, I'm going to drop you as a friend. And I've just seen a number of people, they're in the habit of quitting. They can't handle any sort of pushback. They can't handle any sort of constructive criticism. Or how about this investigation? They can't handle anyone kind of going through like, hey, you said this on Facebook, but there's a number of things that don't make sense about your story here. They can't handle scrutiny. They can't handle some honest scrutiny. You know, the mature people have the uncomfortable conversations in life. You want to meet someone. You don't want to meet somebody who just falls all over you. You want to meet somebody that they're not overly impressed by you. Okay, you caught their attention, but they realize that the sun doesn't set on you and you're not God but they, they, they like a number of the qualities they have, but you're not all you could be. And they see that, they see you're not all you could be. And they're gonna help you become all that you can be. You see, real relationships deal with hard issues. They deal with the truth. 
And not only that, but without getting right with God, none of this is going to work. So you must change. You must marry somebody that, you know, okay, I'm marrying somebody and I get the sense that they're willing to change. They're going to work on themselves. They're going to improve. I'm going to improve. We're both going to grow. In order to stay interesting, you both need to grow and particularly grow spiritually. People who don't go spiritually are not the interesting people out there in the world. Then be open to a different life plan. I'm reminded of Saul of Tarsus. Saul of Tarsus was advancing in Judaism far beyond all his contemporaries. Galatians 1, 13 and 14, and also Philippians chapter 3. I mean, that was his life plan. His life plan was to be a Pharisee. And Jesus showed up and said, we got a different life plan for you. I want you to teach the gospel to Gentiles and Jews, but primarily Gentiles. There you go. New life plan. And he said that he was not disobedient to that vision. Acts 26, verse 19. Moses. Moses, on the one hand, called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, had Egypt before him, probably could have done anything he wanted in Egypt, and had a glorious earthly career there. Hebrews chapter 11, about verse 26. But he sides with the people of God. He chooses a different life plan. And may I suggest to you that um, there's a couple of areas of that, like career. I, I'm, I'm impressed by people that at an early age, like, I know I want to be a doctor or whatever. And I think that's great. But sometimes you need to be open to a different, you know, sometimes. And I know I've got people that I'm going to be a teacher. Okay. But I want to preach. And then well, I think I'm going to be a preacher rather than a school teacher or college professor. There's a lot of young men out there that need to be thinking about preaching. Years ago, preaching was not in my life plan. It would have been the last thing on the list. See, when I was young, when I was a teenager, when I was around 18, being a Christian and being a preacher, that was not even on the radar. Okay. And marrying a Christian woman was not on the radar either. But God can have a lot better life plan that we, than we have in our ignorance. Be open to a different life plan if it brings out the best in you. And if it's for the kingdom of God. Let the truth guide you. And particularly also with a mate. Yeah, you might, you might say, I have my personal preferences on hair color, eye color, etc. But when the godly woman shows up, when the godly woman shows up who would bring out the best in you and happens to have different physical characteristics, be honest enough to smart enough to realize when you've met the person, hey, this is the person that would bring out the best in me. This is Mark Dunnigan for The Daily Answer. Thanks for tuning in today. And until next time, we will see you in those funny papers.